to show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Off the Mats Podcast. It's me, it's your host, it's Dante. I haven't done that in a while. And this week's episode, I have a returning guest. Uh, he was on last April with me. We talked a little bit about mental health and psychology. And I want to have him back on again so we can have this discussion a little deeper. So welcome back to my good friend, Raj. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, I'm doing good, thank you. Um, just uni, same old, same old. I think beginning of the year as well, a lot of people can relate. Just yeah. stressful times, really, in every way possible. <laughs> What's yeah. the weather? Like, how's the weather over where you're at? Does that affect, um, does that affect everything? Yeah, no. Um, Actually, this is weird. A lot of my friends that I've been speaking to, they were saying that it's definitely a seasonal thing because when it comes over to winter, everything just goes downhill. And I'm starting to believe that as well. I think during winter is when a lot of people's stress levels rises and their mental health goes down. So, yeah, I think the weather in the UK definitely does not help at all. I used to argue, well, not argue, but I used to always kind of deny it. My wife, whenever it rains and I'm like in a low mood mm. or I'm tired, she's like, well, it's raining outside. So, you know, that's probably it. And I was like, no, yeah. no, it's not that. I, you know, because you know, I, I would always say, oh, well, I enjoy the rain, which I do. I do enjoy the rain. But, you know, it it, it does have an effect on the mood. But I try to deny that it does. It's like, yeah. yeah. Oh. Another uh, friend of mine uh, was actually telling me about full moons and how a full moon can affect you. Um, mental health as well I didn't believe that at first but then every single time it's a full moon, full moon I look at it and be like okay it's got to be that then I remember being a kid in elementary school and my, my teacher whenever there's a full moon like the kids are all crazy and you know just chaos in the classroom and the teacher would always say must be a full moon but yeah uh yeah, the weather definitely plays a factor. Here it's been snowing the last couple of days and it's unbearably cold here. Like, you know, when it's cold, you know, you really don't get to go outside and enjoy, you know, like nice fresh air. You know, there's some people that like going out for those walks in the cold, but not me. Uh, yeah, no, there's no motivation. I feel like when the weather is bad, everyone is like very less motivated to do stuff. So they just sit in stores and like not do much and it affects your mental health in a way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's, I try to, for myself, you know, I have, you know, treadmill in here, you know, weights, I, you know, I try to keep stuff available, at least for me to move around and be active. And, you know, again, you know, doing the podcast helps when I, you know, it, it allows me to at least communicate with people. 
because a lot of people yeah. they don't like to talk on the phone. And as we were talking before we started recording, I like to hear voices. You know, I want to know, yeah. you know, your cadence and, and the tone and what's going on. So it's definitely a factor. So part of why I wanted to have you on here um, as well, you know, just kind of having this discussion selfishly, just wanted to kind of talk about grief a little bit. It's a yep. weird time of year for myself. And, yeah. and I was like, you know what, let's, uh, you know, kind of talk this out and figure it out. It's, I don't know. I, I've mentioned before on some episodes, my therapist, she's stepping down. So I was kind of in a weird spot where she was like, you know, I could connect you with a new therapist. Yeah. But, you know, I was like, I don't know if I really want to start over. I've been with my therapist for 11 years. Mm. So yeah, it's hard to open up again from the beginning to someone else once you're already comfortable with that one person that you can go to. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was like a, the ending of a TV series, you know, like the series finale <laughs> we were yeah. talking about. She's like, you know, remember when you first came here, this, 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 and this, and, you know, I watched you, you know, get married, you became a father. And I was like, wow, that is, you're right. Like, like you've been there for some of the, like those events. And that's so crazy. And, and it's just weird thinking like, now I got to find someone else to open up, hope to build a rapport with, but, yeah. but basically this time of year, I usually have a tough time with, you know, just having lost very, very close people several years back. And I was like, you know what, yeah. let me, you know, talk to Raj and like, let's have a conversation about grief and, and, you know, just the effect it has on our mental health and just. Yeah, definitely. Um, with me, um, the reason for what I do now with open talk, um, one of the main reasons behind it, there was a few other things what like motivated me to do it, but one of the main reasons why it was a loss of someone in 2019, around April time. And um, I think it was someone that I've known since childhood. I grew up with them and like I would like I'd say I lost them the wor- I lost them the worst possible way you could like. It was very difficult for me to take in and also there's a lot of guilt behind their passing away as well like i could have done something for them to still be there i remember when it first happened like the first few days my mental health was at its lowest um i wasn't eating properly drinking i was avoiding going out sitting indoors crying most of the time over it and then it's it's hard you know it's just hard you, at first you don't know how to deal with it because you're confused you're confused about how you feel you're confused about just like about reality in general like how you're going to deal with it in the real world but then i feel like over time i learned to live with the loss and i've just used it to motivate me even more and like i think they're passing away for me it's a constant reminder of just being strong don't be alone uh, be careful who you trust and yeah i just use it to motivate me really and make sure what happened to that person doesn't happen to anyone else you've got to learn to live with it and there was this quote that um, i came across a few months back when uh, someone reached out to me about one of their uh, griefs that they're dealing with i think it was like the passing away of the dad 
And I came across this quote and it was like, when we lose someone we love, we must learn to not live without them, but to live with the love they left behind. You've got to live with those happy memories and those happy memories are what you should live for. So yeah, it's very difficult. And sometimes you need those answers in life that you don't know when someone's passed away, like why they're passing away, why has this happened? But a lot of people tell me as well, when I like to talk to them about this stuff, like everything happens for a reason. Like I'm a religious person and I believe like God makes certain stuff happen for certain things to come into place. I know it's obviously at first when people used to tell me um, everything happens for a reason, I was like, stuff like this should not be happening for a reason. Like someone dying that's close to you, that should not be happening for a reason. But at the same time, that person could be going through pain themselves. Um, and, it, you know, it's just sometimes you've got to just like move on and learn to live with that love that they left behind. But it will always be in your mind. Like for me, that the person that I lost is always in the back of my mind. Absolutely. That when my buddy passed away, well, he and his brother both passed away three three months apart. They're both, yeah. you know, two of the closest people to me. Good. And it was just such a I don't know, like when the older brother passed, he was in a bad car accident. And we're so used to this dude surviving everything and coming out of everything. And, you know, we saw him in the hospital. The, in, the injuries were just too too overpowering. He couldn't survive the, the injuries from the wreck. Um, and then the younger brother, uh, this was in July of 2010. Yeah. In October 2010, you know, over that, you know, those few months, I would try to talk to him a little bit just to you know just see see where he's at see how he's feeling um he, he didn't really want to open up a whole bunch about it i mean he said not at the moment he he was willing to talk he just didn't want to talk at at the moment and we never got that moment yeah. um he passed away and the, the thing that really got me is that we spoke the night that he passed away uh we, I was watching uh, UFC yeah. 121, uh, and and it was Brock Lesnar versus Cain Velasquez, and I told him like, "Dude, come over! Like, I got the fights. Come over." He was like, "Nah, dude, I don't really feel too well. I'm really tired. It's just it's been a long day." And normally, I'll tell him like, "Dude, come crash on my couch." He's also a wild sleeper, and my computer yeah. was next to the couch, and I, I was like. And then I said, you know, never mind, never mind, because you might kick my computer over. I need you kicking my shit over, you know, it, you know, kind of joking and playing with him. Um, after Brock Lesnar got knocked out, like we hung up and it was like, I'll catch you in the morning. After Brock got knocked out, I called him. I was like, yo, you know, just start talking about the fight. So we talked for another two hours after the end of the fight. So it was like 3 a.m. by the time we get off the phone. And that that was it. That was the last time I spoke to him. And I went through this battle in my brain saying, you know, had I asked him to come, had I asked him to come over, would it be any different? Mm. You know, what would he, cause we don't know if it was a drug overdose. We don't know. Yeah. I don't know if, if he just, his heart just gave out. That's the worst one. 
Yeah, it's worth not knowing how they died or what was the reason as well. And yeah. I like to touch on the fact you said you were the last person that he um, spoke to. And um, it's similar with me as well. Um, the person I lost, they were um, they were basically killed by a mentally ill person. Mm. But um, the last person they messaged before that happened was me. And I remember when it was happening, I still I looked back at those messages like I'd think to myself, I was like, wow, like the last person he messaged before he died was me. And it used to hit me and that guilt and like, oh, it's just yeah, it's a crazy feeling, man. Like, I can imagine how you felt and it's just yeah. Um it's I, I like I never contacted his mom to find out what the autopsy report was. Just it mm. just because there was a lot of speculation. And I was just yeah. like, you know what? I don't know that I want to know. So it's just a mystery to me. Um, and it, it was right before Thanksgiving. So uh, Thanksgiving, you know, my brother-in-law's in town. And he's just a very, you know, he says what's on his mind. Not in that way of like. You know, I'm going to tell you how it is, but it's like, you know, yeah. curiosity. You know, if he has a question, he doesn't hold back the question. He asks the question no matter how uh, inappropriate the question might be. Uh, you know, yeah. my friend passed at the end of October, you know, so about a month in between. So Thanksgiving yeah. time and, you know, my sister's talking to me about it. You know, my my uh, fiance you know, we, we were talking about it and the brother-in-law comes over because I still had his phone number in my phone. I think I still do now. I've never deleted mm. his phone number. And he goes, don't mm. you think that's kind of morbid to hang on to his phone number? And I, and with my brother-in-law, I don't hold back either. Like he may ask questions that, you know, he's not being hurtful. You know, he's not trying yeah. to be hurtful. But when I like you know when i answer back to him i have every intention of being like letting them know like i don't like what you said you know yeah and you know when he said that it was like i i cut deep because i turned back to him his mother mm. had just passed two years prior and i said well you keep pictures of your mom do you think that's morbid and it wasn't appropriate mm. for me to respond that way but it's like, look, yeah. dude, it, it's a phone number. Yeah. Like, Some people wouldn't understand, like, unless they've been in your position. I have the same thing. I still have that person's phone number, photos. I still have a personal gift that it gave me. Like, I have this um, harmonica. I don't, I'm not really a music person, but it gave me a harmonica when I was younger, and I still have it with me now. But... um. Another thing that I'd like to touch on is that um, you said that um, you never reached out to the mom to check the autopsy report. But um, do you think bringing closure might help you a bit more mentally? Because I don't know about you, but with me in certain situations, like, I don't know, like with other people as well, like when they have a breakup and say the partner doesn't give them a reason why and you don't get that closure it will be sitting in your mind for ages and ages but um i was i was wondering with you like do you think maybe if you knew why it would help you bring closure a bit more well, how do you I, think about that i 
at one point about six years ago, I thought about it and I wanted to reach out to his mom. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think for me, and I know that he had a drug problem. Yeah. So I think for me, it's, it's like, I don't want to know because if it is in fact, you know, an overdose and I don't know, there are circumstances that were weird a week prior. Uh, he, he visited yeah. another friend and it was a really, he, he spent the entire day with one of our good friends and um, he talked about just everything. He opened up and our, our friend said that, you know, it sounded like he was intending to check out. He, that same night, he actually stopped by my house just for a couple of minutes. And we stood outside and talked. He yeah. seemed fine. He seemed, you know, like himself. When we were talking on the phone, he seemed fine. He seemed, you know, but that's the thing, though, too. If somebody's intending to, um, you know, uh, do harm to themselves, they don't necessarily broadcast it. You know, they, yeah. they you know, may carry on as, as normal, you know, may go out and buy groceries, yeah. which he did. He actually did go out and buy groceries after work that day, uh, you know, fridge full of, you know, you know, food, uh, you yeah. know, and, and just, just, you know, carry on with life. Um, I, if it were an overdose, I truly believe it was accidental. But I also yeah. want to believe that, you know, it was just, I know he was hurting. I, just, yeah, it, it, I say to myself, you know, he died of a broken heart. You know, his brother was his best yeah, friend. Definitely. And he, when, when we did kind of briefly talk about uh, his brother's passing, he said, you know, my rival was gone. You know, mm. And yeah. it was like, what do I do without my rival? Um, so in in my make-believe world, there was a broken heart. And yeah. I just kind of left it at that. <clears throat> um see. You seem to know him better than most people around him, and you're saying like he died from a broken heart. At the same time, I think no one around you, just for anyone, like no one around you will know how much you're suffering inside. You always, I think with most people, they just never show how much they suffer inside because on the outside, they want to look fine. So yeah, he, he could have been suffering so much inside that, I don't know, like everyone says, you never know why certain things happen, but maybe, you know, his pain is gone now and he's in a better place, definitely. And that's one thing to remember as well. Yeah, yeah I, I try to always, like, I justify things at times in my mind. Mm. Um, yeah, same. My life where it is now, you know, I'm happy with it. I, I you know, since his passing, I started training Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Uh, you know, I, have met some wonderful people who have become very good friends to me and, you know, that were at my wedding, you know, you know, these people were, you know, 
very helpful in helping me cope. And, you know, as time has gone on, I, you know, have a daughter now, you know, know, and I always kind of justify my mind. If he were still here, I don't know that a lot of this would be the same. I don't, you know, it wouldn't, it couldn't be. Yeah, exactly. So it, it will never know, but because uh, he and I would get in trouble a lot, like a lot of trouble all the time. Yeah. You know, we just we go out, drink, just be silly. You know, you know, not troublemakers, but you know, we we were just goofballs. Yeah. We we you know go get a you know bottle of uh, vodka, sit at the kitchen table, and just sing yeah. like obnoxiously loud at like two, three, four in the morning. And, you know, it was fun times, but also with us having our fun times, my fiance, then now wife, uh, she was never happy about that. She hated it. And <laughs> I feel like at some point she would have been like, you know what, <laughs> you, you know, it's like, you gotta, gotta knock it off when I'm stubborn. Yeah. So I, I don't, I think- don't know about you, but, um, I see life as like a butterfly effect. You know what I mean by that? So like every little thing you do like leads on to another thing. It's like those games, like the story games where you have to choose between two different decisions. I feel like literally from like the smallest thing of like, say I'm sitting downstairs, I want to go upstairs, that leads to a different certain event. And Mm -hmm. with like losing someone as well, the way I see it is like, it's... I don't know how to say it. It's like when you lose someone, like that leads to different events. And hopefully those events is just a reminder of how to like deal with the past in a way and deal with the love they left behind with you. And hopefully the events afterwards lead to a positive, you know, just like positive events after that. And that's the way I see things. I'm starting to see it more and more now, to be honest. No, I definitely get that. I, I agree. Uh, actually, one of my favorite movies is The Butterfly Effect. I like stories yeah. and movies like that where yeah. you get to see kind of the the ideal of you know what would have happened if this didn't take place versus this taking place, exactly. and um, it it's always that internal battle of wondering, but we'll never know. Yeah. So it, it's. That just kind of always puts me in the worst, especially this time of year, just with my birthday upcoming and then his birthday. My birthday's in February. His birthday was in March. So I didn't do much for my birthday. But, uh, you know, I'd always get a call from him or a text from him. Hey, man, what are you doing for your birthday? You know, and then for his birthday, you know, same deal. So these two months are just kind of those months where it's just like it's not a bummer but it's it you know i do a lot of thinking during uh february and march it's really hard you can't help it as well like the person that i lost the same person 2019 on his birthday is the day after mine mm-hmm. so i normally i i tell everyone like, i don't want to do anything but i don't like celebrating it but luckily i have the people around me you make sure like i'm not lonely on my birthday they're there for me and they, we end up doing something but i never like doing anything heavy i try and avoid it but yeah 
Yeah, it's now really what I do is, especially now having a family, it's like, look, I just want to spend the day with my family, whether it be we go out somewhere, you know, like mini golf or go out to uh, Washington, D.C., hit the museums or something. Yeah. Um, just something simple. I mean, I'm also older now. I'm in my 40s. So <laughs> yeah. I'm not thinking like, let's head down to the bar and, and close it out. Like, no, it's it's definitely the change over the years of my maturity. But also, you know, ha- not having him around, it, it is yeah. that weird thing of if he were still here, how would I handle my birthday? Yeah. So, and I think I would still kind of matured into wanting to spend yeah. my birthdays kind of very quiet. But again, we just don't know. Yeah, I like the fact that you touched upon like going out with family and stuff. Um, obviously, the people around you sometimes may not know how you're feeling, like when you're hurting and stuff. But um, a quote I literally came across like two weeks ago that it made me think a lot was. If you don't heal what hurt you, you bleed on the people that didn't cut you. And I feel like in situations like this, you like you lose yourself. But when you're like forgetting about yourself, you also forget around the people around you who also care about you. And it's important, like you make sure, you know, that it's exactly what that quote says: "Don't cut, don't bleed on the people that didn't cut you." Like you've got to think about them as well, in a way. Yeah. In the very beginning, that was extremely true. Like, mm. I was, I was a mess. <laughs> you know, I was mm. like out every single night drinking. I, and I think what was happening is, I was hanging out with a lot of coworkers, trying to fill a void, trying to yeah. find new friends. And these friends only want to go out and drink and party. And and the thing is with my buddy, yeah, we, again, we like to drink, you know, we like to more so sit around at home and drink. We weren't really like, let's go out to the bar guys. Cause the bar is expensive and you know, just th- there's too many possibilities for negative interactions with, you know, just strangers. So we, we would tend to, you know, stay in, but um, you know, right after his passing, we get into 2011 and, you know, just kind of just going out, getting just Blitzkrieg drunk, just I got a DUI uh, during that time. Yeah. And it, it wasn't even like, you know, I, I think it was almost at this point where I was, I was aware, like I'm messing up and then getting a DUI kind of really let me know, like, dude, you're, you're really, really messing up. And mm. uh, during that, like right after the DUI, uh, I I decided, you know, I'm not going to drink for a while. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a point to go out and not drink because you know part of the conditions of getting the uh, DUI charge, um, driving under the influence, mm. um, it, like you have to go to Alcoholics Anonymous. And yeah. I was going to AA and they were telling me, you know, all these horrible things about me. I was like, none of that is true. Like, yeah, like I, I, I made a poor decision 
you know, and, you know, you know, I'm, you know, and part of me, it's not like using the excuse of grieving as, you know, the reason for drinking, but, you know, I guess it is, you know, I was like, look, I'm hurting. I'm just trying to drown the pain. Mm. And after going to a couple sessions um, at AA, I was like, look, I'm going to prove to myself and everyone else, I can go out without drinking. And exactly. I would, but then that's when I realized everyone that I was going out with, that's all they wanted to do was get really, really drunk and, you know, be silly. And now I'm the sober one looking at everyone, you know, like just being these, these characters. Um, yeah. And it, I, when it came time for my birthday, I didn't have my license because it was suspended. Or uh, no, they took oh, it away. Okay. They took my license yeah. away. And the weird thing, and I joke about it a little bit, but when you get um, a DUI, you're supposed to lose your license. Yeah. Or something. I can't, like, like, basically, I went down to the uh, Motor Vehicle Administration and I was able to get my license back with no no problem, no points. So the, like, yeah. there's nothing reflecting my license saying, you know, whatever. I got my license with no problem. So always joking. I tell people like, look, if you're gonna get get a DUI, make sure you have a suspended license. You'll get your shit right back. <laughs> um, yeah. It's kind of horrible, but but that's what the, that's what happened to me. Um, but prior to my birthday. I said, you know, there's this bar nearby that I know I can go to without having to show ID and I could just hang out there, have a couple beers. I wanted to go there for my birthday and everybody was like, let's go out to Baltimore. Let's like, like, let's go out to Baltimore for your birthday. I was like, oh, I don't want to go to Baltimore for my birthday. Number one. And number two, I don't have ID, so I can't go to Baltimore. And, you know, they reluctantly went to the smaller bar with me and that's when it kind of really clicked it's like these motherfuckers aren't my friends like they just want to go out and party yeah so i had to pull back reevaluate yeah. um and it and, and that hurt because i realized it's like i'm doing this trying to cover up you know that pain of you know losing my buddy yeah um so yeah, it's definitely important when, like, when you're in a situation like grieving or like in any situations where you're mentally low, you're around yourself, the, around yourself, uh, the right people. You have the right people around you who will actually help you get through with stuff like that, and not like making it worse. I know, like, especially with grieving, you want you trying to get the pain. Go to alcohol. You go to weed. You might go to drugs, but you got to. What I'd like to tell people as well, put yourself in someone else's shoe that's close to you, someone that you love. So, like, say someone's grieving a loss and, like, they have siblings. Would you like to see your sibling in your situation where you're drinking away, you're doing drugs to forget the pain? No. You've got to remember, like, you've got to not lose yourself in those situations and you've got to stay strong. And one thing I like to remember as well is that that person's watching over you. Like with you, I know for a fact, the two uh, best friends are watching over you. 
they're seeing your every movement, they're making sure you're right. You wouldn't want them to see you hurting like this. They'd want you to be doing well, stay strong, stay motivated, and keep it like that. And it's just important you don't lose yourself in these situations. And like you said, like with those people that you're hanging around with, make sure you're around the right people in those times. Don't lose yourself. Yep. Uh, you know, it took me some time to figure it out. And even looking back on it, my wife, she was in my corner the whole time. And well, mm. And I was just pushing her away. I was just, yeah. I, I because I, the what I needed isn't what I wanted. You know, what I wanted was I, I just want to surround myself with people, friends, lots of people. It's like, you know, it's like the ideal of. You know, having you know a close knit circle is not something I wanted. I wanted just to have a, a bunch of people to pick from because, in my mind, it's like, well, if I lose one, I got a bunch of others to choose from. Versus having a smaller circle, it's like if I lose one, this shit's gonna hurt again. I don't want to hurt. So, mm. yeah, you know, it's like that. Everyone's interchangeable at this point for me, and my wife was there the whole time, and you know, she is a saint, <laughs> you know, cause she put up with the chaos and I, I can't thank that woman enough. So it, it's, it, it's really just, it's, it's just tough looking back on that now. And I try mm. to, you know, I don't even justify anything. It's like, look, I was just, I was, I was just not in my right mind, but yeah, you know, it's you know it's growth. You know, I, I've known now moving forward. Mm, also, don't, again, you don't, sure. Yeah, um, you don't think straight in those situations. Like with mine, um, in twenty nineteen. So when it happened, when the incident happened, I was like, okay, I'm I'm gonna avoid everyone. I want to talk to anyone. Um, I was in school at the time i was in year 13 leading up to my a level exams which is important to get into uni and i took i remember i took a week off i was i'm not going to talk to anyone and then two days after it came up on our local news what happened and then i had people like messaging me that i had friends messaging me and then i had people that i know that didn't like me or like they didn't really like you know like liked me before and they're just trying to like you know just get involved for no reason and then that led up to me having to put up like i put up it was, it was in snapchat and like, i put like a little statement up and i had and i was like i don't want anyone to like message me like i'm fine it's just it's a difficult situation i don't want to get into it and i had a load of different people messaging me from close friends to people that argued with me literally a few days before it happened now they're trying to tell me, oh, I'm here for you, don't worry. And after seeing all of that, it made me realise, like, all these people didn't want to talk to me before or they didn't, like, fuck with me before, but now they're all of a sudden acting like they care. And I remember I saw that, and, you know, and I just thought to myself, you know what, I don't need this. I deleted my Snapchat, I created a new one with, like, three or four friends, and then I was like, I don't need anyone, but then... I say after this incident is when I got closer to my sister. Because me and my sister, we were grieving at the same time. 
and we both didn't feel like we had anyone to talk to. So at the time, we both openly spoke to each other about how we felt. That that really helped a lot. It makes you, I say, it makes you answer questions in your head at the time as well that you couldn't answer before, and it helped a lot. And then opening up to my sister made me realize, okay, maybe I should open up to my friends a bit more since my close friends a bit more. And there was like two or three of them that would come pick me up in the car, we'd drive, we'd talk, and it made me feel better. And even like I started going out after a few days, made me feel better. But yeah, it's important to have those type of people around you in those situations and that you are aware of which type of people that you should avoid. That's one of the things that, you know, as time went on, I realized, you know, there's just some mm. people that I should have known shouldn't be in the picture and the ones that were really looking out for me and trying to help you know those are the ones i was pushing away and saying you know i'm fine i don't i don't need anything i'm okay and you know meanwhile on the inside i'm just you know just you know a wreck uh so yeah during your grieving did you you know, did you feel like at any point you had to hide like your grief or like, you know, the hurt? Um, yeah, I, yeah, definitely. I remember, so whilst it was still fresh, I, there were a few times where I had to go out. I had to go to school for a meeting about it. And I remember I'll see people from my year and I'll just like, I'll, I'll pretend like I'm fine. Like I had to be fine. And, um, Around my sister's kids as well at the time, they were very young. They were like four and four and six at the time, and they don't know what was going on. Like they were very close to the person who passed away as well, so we had to pretend like nothing was happening. Like we're fine when we we're around with them, and it's hard. It's hard to hide your feelings like that, and it is important to like sometimes to let it out, but make sure you let it out to the right people. Like like I was saying before, my sister. And that two or three friends, and that definitely made me feel better. But yeah, yeah. They, I remember my goddaughter. She was really young, and mm. we we're all kind of around, like just you know, it was very quiet in the house. And she asked, you know, what was going on, and I was trying to explain it to a child, basically. Like as yeah. gently as possible. Yeah. Her mom, her mom just like blurted straight out, like, uh, you know, so and so died. Mm. And you know, I look and I was like, okay, like, and I get for some people they don't want to sugarcoat things with their kids, and that's fine. Yeah. Do what you do with your kids, you know. But for me, the way I like to handle things, whether it's my kid or not, I'm not gonna be you know blunt and straightforward uh, i want to you know kind of say it without being traumatic i guess uh, yeah. i think that was for me the only time i really felt like like i had to cover up my grief i mean i'm the kind of person i'm very on the surface if something's bothering me you'll likely know uh so I don't know. It's it's weird, yeah. but I I often wonder too. You know, during all of this, is like, 
will I be okay? You know, just thinking about myself is like, am I going to be okay? Like, is this something that I'm going to grieve this hard at least forever? Yeah. Like, it's still grieve now, but it, it's definitely a lot lighter. Um, you know, mm. it's not as on the surface. I should say not lighter, but, you know, it's not as obvious versus back then you knew something's up now. You know, I carry on, you know, February, March, you know, I change a little bit. I get a little, a little more into, you know, kind of closed in, but, you know, I still mm -hmm. go out and carry on with things. You know, like I said, my family is, you know, big, big part of, you know, keeping, keeping the foundation intact. So, yeah. but yeah, that, that was, you know, always kind of the question in my mind early on was like, is this. Because the, these are the first people that I lost that were this close to me. You know, I, I never had no, any real close loss. You know, I had lots of, you know, kind of nearby people pass away. But these were like people that were in my every single day life. Yeah. And yeah, I was like, dude, is this going to, how long is this going to last? Am I going to hurt like this for 20 years, 30 years? The worst part of grieving for me is so it's when it first happens that is a lot to take in when you first find out it's happened like you don't know how to think straight and then when the funeral comes in as well that is the worst because i went to a funeral a few months back it was a like family like one of my close friends at the time um real close and um i was mainly there for him and his family so i was his family and um i wasn't it was I wasn't close with it was a baby that passed away as well i wasn't that close to the baby or what but just seeing like how everyone there was crying they were mourning the death of this person it was a lot to take in and like when it's someone that that you love and you're at the funeral it's weird like it's a weird feeling and i just don't know how to explain it like it's like it's not real it's like a dream sure it's just like a nightmare or something but yeah when someone when you're in a situation like that you know when someone else is grieving you know how do yeah. you help like how do you yeah how do you help them you know just be a good friend um, you gotta make sure you're there for them and you gotta make sure that they're comfortable with people being around because when someone's grieving they tend to like to be alone sometimes it is good to let them have the personal space but at the same time check in on them but you've got to let to let them know that they've got to express their feelings because if they keep it inside it's not going to do them any justice and with people grieving that's come towards me i've mentioned this before like i let them know that person's with you if that person is as much if that person is someone you loved strongly that person will always have a piece of you and they'll be there for you no matter what so you've got to imagine they're following your footsteps and that you don't want that want them to see you hurting you don't want them to see you at your worst they want to see you at your best so you've got to pick yourself back up use their passing away as motivation motivate yourself to do something that you want like that person's passing away the one that was close to me was one of the reasons why i wanted to start open talk because that whole incident was like to me a constant reminder of sharing your feelings expressing it and not being alone and 
that incident that happened in 2019 is a constant reminder and that's one of the reasons why I started Open Talk which is my mental health page but uh, yeah you just got to remember that person's always with you and they want the best for you they wouldn't want to see you hurting for sure um, I actually just sent a friend to your uh, page and they messaged me back and they're like oh my god I love this I love this uh, this is uh, this is exactly what I need um, yeah. So it, it was nice to hear, like, you know, that it's like, okay, we, we found something that's going to be of use, you know, to you. Like, it's like, this is, you know, and I sent them the link to our previous episode and they're yeah. like, absolutely blown away. Um, she actually has her own podcast. I think I mentioned it to you before. Yeah, um, I told have- her. I was like, uh, reach out to him. He's a, he's a really, really, really nice guy. Just super patient. Just like amazing. Yeah. So he um, reached out to me and did ask to come on the podcast, which I'll be hopefully doing soon as well. So yeah, look out for that. I guess I'm looking forward to that one as well. He's out here making the the podcast rounds. <laughs> I'm telling you, the next step for you, Raj. Just you can do it. I know you're busy. You got a lot going on. Yeah. What you gotta do once a month. Um, Something in my mind. Let's see. (laughs) Like with grief, like what are some things that you think people kind of get wrong about, you know, grief? Like when, you know, someone on the outside is looking in, you know, like what do you think are some of the assumptions and things that just people get wrong about it? Oh, that is a good question from the outside. Um, I think with me as well, because I, similar to you, I haven't lost anyone that I loved till then or anyone that I knew. Like, even before that incident, I remember I went to a, one of my auntie's funerals and my dad's sister funeral, but literally my whole life, never spoke to when it wasn't close with her. And then I went to a funeral and I got to see from an outsider perspective of... um how like the people that loved her how they were affected by it and that started to make me understand but um, i think one is like a few assumptions it's like it's like people think once a person who's grieving they become better that they've just completely forgot about that person that passed away that is not true at all like that person like i've realized as well like that person's always in the back of your mind they're always there, but um, you're just, how I say, you're on the outside. You're just got a face, a cover to show that you're fine. But that person's always in your mind. If it's someone that you truly love or someone's passing away that's affected you that much, they will always be with you. And that's something I feel like a lot of people on the outside forget about because they think they see you being happy, doing better. And they're like, oh, they forgot about that person. It's whatever. But that's not true. During the yeah. during um, those years, I was on Facebook a lot and post a lot. No yeah. matter what my feelings were, whether they were hurting, whether you know I was being silly, whatever, maybe I was always posting. And I was I'm known for just finding the most ridiculous things and just posting them. And during yeah. that time, you know, I would still you know put up a post saying you know how much I miss them, uh, you know. But then following that, you know, I put up a meme just that 
you know, was just completely just silly. And it's like, I always wondered about this. Like, do people think, you know, well, this is more so when I look back at the Facebook, uh, you know, on this day, you know, in, you know, your Facebook history, um, you know, I'll see, you know, me put up one post and then the, you know, post like a few hours later is, you know, something, whatever it may be, a funny meme. And I'll, you know, I would think it's like, I wonder what people, you know, if people thought like, oh, this guy, he he's not really hurting or, or if they're thinking, oh, he's covering up by trying to, you know, find humor. It's like, well, yeah, I'm just trying to, just trying to live, just trying to get to the next step in life, the next day in life. You never know how much someone is hurting on the inside. And if you don't know, it's best for you not to make those assumptions or get involved. But, yeah. uh, do, do you think uh, like support groups are helpful in, in that regard? Um, yeah, 100% actually, because you're in a group full of people who sat same feeling as you, they're in the sat same position as you. And when you hear other people of how what's happened with them and how they're dealing with it, it also helps you answer the questions that are running through your mind as well. So support groups definitely do help. And obviously there's other stuff as well that helps like therapy and def- and like I always preach, talk, don't suffer in silence. Suffering in silence is gonna hurt you even more in those situations. You've got to make sure you're talking about how you feel, how grieving's affecting you, how that person passing away affected you. And trust me, there are people around you who will make you feel better 100%. But support groups are definitely up there because you're talking to people who are going through the same thing as you. I, after getting the, the DUI, I was in AA and then I had to take another uh, group class basically every Saturday morning. And yeah. In my mind, I always kind of said to myself, I was like, I guess these are my support groups. Like, mind you, these are people who had, you know, similar charges as I, you know, so no one's talking about deceased friends or relatives. You know, we're all just, well, I actually never talked, you know, I never spoke in the groups. I, I just mm. kind of, well, at least in the uh, Saturday morning group, I would just go there and kind of listen to other people's stories as far as, you know, their dealings with their drinking. And, yeah. you know, during that time, I was kind of inside, just kind of, I, I wanted to talk about my friend. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. and I knew that that group was not that group. So I was like, shortly after, though, I did end up uh, seeking a therapist. And, well, she was my therapist for a very long time. So I never actually got into a group setting, though. Uh, just I, I don't think it uh, hit my radar at that time, at least. And I guess, I mean, kind of gone over it a little bit. I also wonder, too, is like, you know, with the ideal of a support group, if you can't get to one or can't, you know, in some cases afford one, the what would be like, you know, what would you suggest, you know, so, to someone, you know, if they can't necessarily find a group or even a therapist um, for it? Yeah, um, definitely friends and family. Like, like I was saying, um, 
when I realised there are people out there who are just trying to like get involved or pretending like they care when they're doing. I went to my sister because we were going through it at the same time. Or or even going through or even talk to someone who going through the same grievance. So like let's say um you and your friend lose another friend who was really close to both of you. Sometimes talking to them will help as well. Like that's another thing I'd say as well. But family and friends are definitely there. And if you're not comfortable with family or friends, there are definitely people privately you can speak to on Instagram. Like um there are other like mental health pages out there who are more than happy to um talk to you. There are like mental health helplines on there that you can talk. Like in the UK, we've got Samaritans, Mind, all of that stuff who definitely um, will be there. But for me personally, from my personal experience, family and friends definitely help. Like before that, uh, before the passing away of that person, I never really openly spoken to my sister. But even once I openly spoke to my sister, like it helped me understand a lot and I learned a lot about my sister through it as well and our relationship got a lot better from it as well. That's good. I'm glad, you know, there that development came out of it. So that's really yeah. good. Um I, I can say also when I was looking for friends in the wrong places, I did have a lot of other really good friends that were there. I think I was just kinda neglecting them and over the years now we you know we've all really become like very close you know again as we've all kind of grown in age mature we have families now you know it's almost kind of like look you know we're, we're the ones that are here we're just you know the 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 ones who've made it to this point so let's hunker down and stick together type deal so despite you know the loss you know, like I said, I feel like some some things may not have happened a certain way. It's almost like, at least for myself, I like I said, I try to justify the loss by saying, well, it's like, you know, watching a, a TV show and a character leaves the show. You know, it now forces the story to go in a different direction than what it was going, you know, previously for better or for worse. Um, yeah. So I always try to, you know, justify that in my mind. It still stings. It still hurts. I mean, like I said, this time of year, you know, it gets, you know, a little sad. Um, but, you know, we power through and, and, you know, make the best of what we have. So Raj, I feel like I owe you uh, my, 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 what I pay my therapist. <laughs> like I, I need to send you um, the payment. You, you like, this was a therapy session for me. So thank you for that. Um, no, thank you as well. It's, it's nice to, you know, talk to someone about this stuff. Cause it's hard to relate to a lot of people with any of this. Cause a lot of people may have not lost someone loved or with me as well, may not have lost someone the way I did. And, um, sure to know like we both went through a similar phase afterwards as well and how we dealt with it afterwards like it's nice knowing i wasn't the only one it feels like i wasn't alone now you know what i mean it's like yeah it's really weird to think you know we 
This planet has nearly 8 billion people on it. And in a situation like this, we all mm. have that same feeling. Like we feel like we're alone and, and, you know, and, and for, you know, to some extent, you know, this is your own experience. So you are alone to some degree in that regard, but yeah. others have, you know, experienced similar situations and similar, yeah. Um, so yeah, it is nice to be able to speak to someone and say, like, look, I went through this, and you know, you're like, oh, so did I, you know, like, how how did you handle it? Oh, I never thought to you know do it that way. Like, yeah. Okay. So this this Keep was your better you know, understanding. Yep, yep. This was a uh, helpful for me, just like looking back on it and like even talking about it a little bit. Um, I'm glad. So, I'm glad. You know. Thank you very much for doing this. Um, of course, man. This is big opportunities, and you don't really come across opportunities like this. And like I said, it's like a therapy session, to be honest. And I like that. I like that yeah. a lot. That's part of what I use the podcast as, anyways, like therapy. Like I just I, I yeah. want to talk with friends, and you know, somewhere in there, you know, I'm gaining some wisdom. You know. Um, and hopefully people who listen to this can also really take from this if, you know, they've been in a situation or those who have been, been in this situation, hopefully this gives them a mm. better understanding of, yeah. you know, I have a, um, a former coworker who just recently lost their mom and oh, no. um, I haven't reached out to them just because I... Believe it or not, I just don't know what to say. It, it's it's, it's just it's difficult, definitely. Yeah, but so, it's just um, good to let people like that know you're there for them, really. But it is yeah. hard as well to like reach out to people who are grieving because you just don't know how they react, or you yeah. sometimes you just don't know what they're thinking. And but that's the whole point of you know opening up, talking to them, and yeah. Sure, absolutely. Um, well, Raj, as always, again, thank you. I, I just can't thank you enough for coming on and doing this episode. Uh, you tell everybody uh, where we could find you and uh, uh, promote the page. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, my Instagram page is at underscore open talk, and I run my own website as well, which is linked in the description of my page. And literally, all I do is I let people know not to suffer in silence. I share mental health related stuff and if you're suffering or you need any advice or if you just need like a friendly chat or someone to talk to about life in general, my DMs are always open. So yeah. And thank you again for letting me on. I really appreciate it. No, no, no. Thank you. Like I always feel like I know you're busy and I'm like, I don't it's like like I've wanted to reach out to you like for months and it's just like, I know he's busy. I yeah. don't want to like, let me like, like, Hey, you got some free time? Maybe not. I don't know. So I, I greatly appreciate everything that you've done. So thank you so much uh, for all the listeners out there. Thank you as well. You know, appreciate everyone who supports the podcast, everyone who's, you know, listening, reposting, uh you know commenting it, it it all it all 
carries over does help. So thank you. Uh, if you all have any questions, concerns, reach out to me off the mats podcast on Instagram or bjj.wiki on Instagram. Uh, also, uh, off the mats 2020 at gmail.com. If you want to send me an email, I check them sometimes. Um, big shout out to our good friends, Eric and Ali over at Armbar Attic. Uh, go check out the website, go check out their Instagram and TikTok. Uh, like a couple of great kids over there that, that are, you know, they're doing it. So go give them a follow, go check them out. Um, go also check out my new podcast. So you like horror, it's a horror movie podcast. It's done twice per month. So go check that out. Uh, the latest episode is out right now. Uh, it's about zombies and I do it with my wife and I will have an upcoming episode coming out talking about haunted houses and ghosts. So check that out. And last but not least, big shout out to my guest here today, Raj, who operates. Thank you. Open talk. So uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Remember, guys, I love you. You guys keep listening and I'll keep making the show. Thank you to everyone. And we'll be back next week. Bye. They publish it. Now let me see his song.